the Honorable Judge Crystal Clear Esquire III is now presiding. Good morning, Judge. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. First on the docket is Morgies v. USA CDC et al. Once again, thank you, Bailiff. First, let's hear the arguments from the plaintiff's side. Uh, who is representing the plaintiff, the Morgies? Excuse me. Who is representing the Morgies? Who, who is standing up for the rights of the Morgies? No one? Am I going to have to take off my robe and get down there and start doing my podcast? Whoa, gotcha, didn't I? It's crystal clear here, and you're listening to more Morgulons. You may be seated. Uh, we're going to have a great episode today. It is going to be about some of my top pet peeves, as well as, admittedly, occasionally personal pitfalls. When it comes to the subject of... Common, almost I would say ubiquitous, logical fallacies. Yes, that's right. The things that prevent us from being fair, impartial, open-minded, with the ability to exercise a sound, rational, and reasonable judgment. Because regardless of what side of the debate you are on when it comes to the debate about Morgulons being a real disease versus a delusional disorder... Or truly on any controversial subject, which there is no shortage of during these latter days of our plague and the fall of the American empire, uh, being able to effectively and rationally evaluate evidence on opposing viewpoints and come to a sound, rational conclusion, aka having good judgment, is something that is in short supply these days. And because we are social, emotional creatures, uh, being completely rational and objective is never easy, and it's probably never possible, at least, to attain that with 100% uh, um, accuracy. But we can do a much better job at being uh, good and fair, impartial judges if we avoid... Uh, the logical fallacies that are so commonly seen these days in which we are about to talk about in this great episode. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Logical fallacies. First up, straw man fallacy, or I like to call it the scarecrow fallacy. Um, Because basically the scarecrow fallacy is when your opponent oversimplifies or they misrepresent your argument. You know, in other words, they set up a straw man or a scarecrow to make it easier to attack or refute what you're saying. Let's check out an example from the 2016 presidential debates. I believe that a woman should have the right to choose. If Hillary gets elected, it would be a disaster. We would be killing all babies. 
The minute they were conceived, using samurai swords. Sad. Very sad. Thank you. Okay. So in this dramatic reenactment, we can see that President Trump, obviously, that's not the guy from The Sopranos, that impersonation. No, President Trump is setting up a straw man against Hillary Clinton. Because instead of presenting a persuasive argument for electing a pro-life candidate versus a pro-choice candidate, he depicts her position as being pro-post-coital Harry Carey of all babies ending the human race. Scary. Scarecrow fallacy. It's just mischaracterizing the position of the opponent in order to fool and distract the target audience. Well, Machiavelli said, you know, one who deceives will always find someone who allows themselves to be deceived. So don't be that schmuck, okay? Uh, recognize your straw man fallacies when you see them, if you can. Sometimes they're not as overt as um, the ridiculous one that I gave an example for. <laughs> A couple that we see over and over again that are usually combined when people cite the CDC's study of Morgulons as the basis for which they believe Morgulons to be a delusional disorder with the following two common logical fallacies. The bandwagon fallacy, as well as the appeal to authority fallacy. So the bandwagon fallacy, just because a significant population of people believe a proposition is true, doesn't automatically make it true. Popularity, popularity alone is not enough to validate an argument, though it's often used as a standalone justification of validity. Um, arguments in this style don't take into account whether or not the population validating the argument is actually qualified to do so, or if contrary evidence exists. So that's a bandwagon argument. Um, and the appeal to authority argument, you know, while appeals to authority are by no means always an unreliable source of evidence, they can certainly be um, dangerous when you rely too heavily on the opinion of a single um, institution or study, as in the CDC case with Morgulons, especially since um, the people who conducted the study may not have been specialized enough to, to be qualified to lead on that project, and especially when, as we now know, the CDC can be corrupted and compromised by political uh, agendas of those in power and I think it is safe to say in 2020 that the reputation of the CDC that was present when this study on Morgulons was published in 2012, uh, it has taken a sharp dive downward here in 2020. Um, so the appeals to authority and jumping on the bandwagon on the Morgulons issue, not really strong or credible positions to, or you know, evidence to support your position. Sorry, they sound like logical fallacies to me. Okay, some other common logical fallacies. Uh, the hasty generalization fallacy. This occurs when somebody draws expansive conclusions based upon inadequate or insufficient 
evidence. In other words, they jump to conclusions about the validity of a proposition with some, but not enough evidence to back it up and overlook potential counter arguments. Um, hello, the hasty generalization. Remember the Middleveen study, uh, all the 18 papers they reviewed in the medical literature about Morgulans um, being delusional. Uh, they made some pretty hasty generalizations, uh, or, you know, based upon their, and drew some pretty questionable conclusions based upon the insufficient evidence that they were um, able to provide when they weren't losing them in the mail and stuff. Um, The uh, false dilemma fallacy. Um, that's a common one. And it, it misleads by presenting complex issues in terms of two inherently opposed sides. So instead of acknowledging that most, if not all issues can be thought of on a spectrum of possibilities and stances, the false dilemma fallacy asserts that there are only two mutually exclusive outcomes. Um, it's particularly problematic because it can lend false credence to extreme stances, ignoring opportunities for compromise or chances to reframe the issue in a new way. Um, wow. Yeah, that sounds, that's ringing lots of bells. Did y'all see the 2020 presidential debate? Um, it's like, you know, basically setting it up. You're either going to have this psycho orange baby declare himself a lifelong king of the USSRA, the United Soviet States of Russo-America, or you are going to have this, um, anarchist, baby-killing, vegan-mandating, Luciferian, um, spiking mom's apple pie as the American flag and country in general burn to the ground. You know, that's not a real dilemma. It doesn't have to be so extreme. There is middle common ground that regular old folks like you and me can find when we disagree, we do not have to be psychos yelling at each other and calling each other names. Um, man, (laughs) we're in a dark, dark night of the soul here in America. Yes. Just like when Jesus was in the tomb for three days. That's where we're at. I just hope Lazarus comes by sometime soon. Okay, the slothful induction fallacy. Sloths are cute, but they are not good judges. Slothful induction is the exact inverse of the hasty generalization fallacy, okay? This occurs when sufficient logical evidence strongly indicates a particular conclusion is true, but someone fails to acknowledge it, instead attributing the outcomes to coincidence or something unrelated entirely. Again, uh, this seems recognizable um, to me in terms of the Morgulans debate. Um, There's plenty of evidence suggesting that this is infectious. It's not a coincidence that 135 people in one of the studies I read recently, 96% of Morgulans patients tested positive for Borrelia burgdorferi. Not sure what that means other than they have an infectious agent in common, but that infectious agent is not delusion because we know delusion cannot spread by contact or the internet, despite what some may say. (laughs) Notice that sloth 
when people are making arguments. The correlation causation fallacy. If two things appear to be correlated, this doesn't necessarily indicate that one of those things irrefutably caused the other thing. Y'all have all probably heard or are familiar somewhat with the idea that um, more crimes occur when there is a full moon and ice cream sales are up. So if you committed a causative correlative fallacy, you would conclude from that werewolves, which obviously come out with a full moon, and like their distant cousin, the gremlin, become murderous when they eat ice cream after midnight. Clearly that explains why crime is up. No, I don't think that that is actually the analogy. But basically the argument really concludes with the fact that like people being hot means they're more irritable. It means they're outside interacting with other people more. When there's a full moon, there's more light. So again, people are more likely to be out interacting, angry, and up to no good. Hence the increase in crime when those other correlative variables are present, not causative variables. Okay, so we're not going to get to 15, all 15 common fallacies um, because I am starving and the colonel is calling y'all with all his 13 original spices. Call me KFC if you would like to sponsor this podcast in the form of a lifetime of free chicken legs. Um, Yeah, but a couple more here Um, before we go. The anecdotal evidence fallacy, okay? I've talked about that a zillion times. It's the weakest form of evidence. Not saying that it doesn't have any value, but uh, people whose whole argument relies upon like, well, my aunt's brother-in-law's cousin twice removed from uh, marriage in the grave had, they had experienced this and it turned out to be the mange. It wasn't more to long. Okay, well, that's one story. Um, so that's not really compelling. Uh, the other fallacy is uh, the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. Well, howdy. This gets its colorful name from an anecdote about a Texan who fires his gun at a barn wall and then proceeds to paint a target around the closest cluster of bullet holes. He then points at the bullet-riddled target as evidence of his expert marksmanship. So these people that rely on the Texas sharpshooter fallacy, they tend to cherry pick data clusters based on a predetermined conclusion. Again, CDC, we're talking about y'all. Put that gun in the holster and your head's back in the books and the microscope because y'all did a really shitty study. Um, Yeah, so instead of letting a full spectrum of evidence lead them to a logical conclusion, they find patterns and correlations in support of their goals and ignore evidence that contradicts them or suggest the clusters weren't actually statistically significant. This is one that I find to be... um, it's, it's so similar to like confirmation bias, you know, with the cherry picking data just to confirm what you already believe. Um, this seems like you'd have to be an idiot to do this, but it actually can be um, enticing uh, just because your subconscious can take over when you want to believe something, aka my track record romantically. Um, not always a great judge of character because I want to believe the best in people, y'all. <sighs> Most people are good that I'm not attracted to. The other one, last one, last one, last one, and this is also a tough one to watch out for, the burden of proof fallacy. So if a person claims that 
XYZ is true. It is their responsibility to provide evidence in support of that assertion. We did it. They told us it was the matchbox sign. It is invalid to claim that XYZ is true just because somebody else can't prove that XYZ is not true. And I think I've made that argument maybe even once on this show. So again, I'm not being like, oh my God, I'm this infallible, honorable judge, Crystal Clear the Third Esquire. Although I do like to play her on the radio or whatever you kids are calling these things. But no, I'm saying like, it's, this is really, I, I want to talk about these and I want to review these because I want to do it for myself. Like, I don't want to be one of those uh, lazy, uncurious and inflexible people who are persuaded by unpersuasive arguments and and who they themselves are offering a point of view, unsupported, credible evidence. Again, I'm a truth seeker and a truth speaker, y'all. I don't want to be right. I want to know what is the truth, okay? Um, all right, the burden of proof fallacy. So anyway, so it's invalid to claim that X is true until someone else can prove that X is not true. Similarly, it is also invalid to claim that X is true because it's impossible to prove that X is false. So um, this might piss some of y'all off, but this whole thing about Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and George Soros and Tom Hanks being Bill Gates, being uh, child molesters, and drinking their blood and um, whatever other insane uh, uh, accusations, allegations are going around the internet these days online. Um, You can't claim that it's true without a responsibility to provide evidence in support of those allegations. It's not valid to say, well, you can't prove it's not true, so it must be true. No, no, that's not the way it works. That's not a valid position to take because just because it's impossible to prove what you're saying is false, um, we still can use our judgment to assess and evaluate the evidence in support of a claim or a position. And thank God we can because um, if not, we'd have a hell of a justice system get arrested. Is it true, Miss Clear, that you killed 140 people with your bare hands and ate them? Are, are you talking to me, Lindsey Graham? When did you become the DA in Fulton County? Isn't it true, Miss Clear, that you've gained a little weight recently because of all those people you've eaten? No, it, it, it was pizza and beer. This isn't people weight. Unless you have the receipts for all that pizza and beer. Receipt? I don't have the receipt. I don't have my financial records. I didn't know I was going to be arrested for mass murder and cannibalism today. Okay, y'all get the point. Um, I'm really hungry, as you can tell. I'm even talking about cannibalism. That's scary. Um... I better go get some food. But I really appreciate y'all tuning in. If you liked this episode going through the logical fallacies and you want to hear me do a more uh, Morgulon lawyer uh, slash Lindsey Graham impersonations and really bad Trump impersonations, I would be happy to do them for you privately for a small fee. No, I'm just kidding. Um, leave a comment though. If you have any suggestions about episode topics or about the job I'm doing, um, I 
do not initially take criticism well, although I hide it well. Um, I get mad initially, and then I go home and I steam and I think about it, and I'm like, oh. And then probably in about seven days, I'll start saying, yeah, well, you know, they kind of, yeah, I do need to watch my tone and emails. I, I, I can see what they're saying. I can see what they're saying. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm just saying, like, any feedback is great feedback, and um, I just want to one more time say if you don't mind putting the stars in with the reviews, apparently that helps you somehow, and uh, I really want the Morgulans discussion, I mean, not Morgulans discussion podcast, more Morgulans podcast, rate that one. I mean, you can rate the other one too, but rate mine first. The discussion we're having about Morgulans can start becoming more widespread along with Morgulans advocacy and research um, because we got to get the word out there, y'all. We got to get it out there, so speak out. Speak up, tune in, drop out. No, that, wait, that wasn't it. Um, I'm hungry, y'all. Okay, just stay tuned. Thank you.